What's your favorite season of the year? Mine's recruiting season. We'll talk about it only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to Under Episode Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast, and your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryVestI.com. And we're about to be joined by John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Lockdown's Recruiting Insider. Joining me now is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And two times this week, actually, because we had to do the Monday episode and then now Thursday. <laughs> um, but first up, we're going to talk about Cormani McLean because he is someone who's been highly sought after. He's been connected to Florida for seemingly ever at this point. And now he's transferring high schools. He's going to Lakeland where he's going to be ta- where he's going to be coached by former Florida Gator safety, Ahmad Black. So what is the latest on him, his recruitment, and how that kind of impacts his possibility of being a Florida Gator? Well, it doesn't hurt, right? I mean, there's really no no way to spin this in another direction, maybe against uh, the UF angle here. Now, look, he's the best non-quarterback in the country uh, positionally. Uh, his upside is through the roof. He is the prototypical Derek Stingley kind of modern corner. So that means everyone wants him. Uh, and, and certainly Florida has been at the forefront of that for, for quite some time. But he is going to take other visits. He is going to continue to consider other schools. Um, but but particularly with, with that Gator angle, it's really hard to see anything uh, like this hurting the program. Not, not, not even just with Ahmad Black, but, you know, Lakeland High School, I mean, that's been as good a program to the Florida Gators as any high school in the state or the country for that matter. A lot of Gator legends uh, come from Lakeland High School. Your, your audience knows all of them. I don't have to list, you know, the Pouncey Twins and Rainey and all these guys. Uh, so I think that is certainly a legacy type of deal that, you know, at a minimum, Cormani will will consider. Um, but I do think that, you know, he's, he's a kid marching to the beat of his own drum, right? He's not in a rush to make a decision. He's going to continue to take other visits, but when he calls the one school home and it's Florida, uh, it, it does mean a lot in this this recruiting game. Um, you know, Alabama's probably the primary contender, and and you never count out Nick Saban for, for anyone from anywhere. Um, but right now, you, you got to feel good if you're a Gators fan here. You know, Miami's involved, other schools are are involved, are trying to to remain involved. But really, you know, I made a couple calls this week. It, it feels like a Florida Bama situation, and depending on who you talk to. It's like the sooner he commits, the better for one school. If he waits, the better for the other. Uh, but he's he's begun to take visits to, to both. Uh, he's familiar with both. Uh, and, and the angle from each program makes a lot of sense. But obviously, transferring to Lakeland High School in general, big boost for the Gators. You throw in Ahmad Black, you throw in the legacy. Uh, and that familiarity, right? Because Cormani could probably transfer to any school in America because who would say no to that? Um, you know, so I do think that him staying local in Polk County uh, and, and going to really the school, the high school most associated with sending great football players to the University of Florida, that, that is something legacy wise that he will have to at least 
either learn about if he doesn't know about it or or consider if he already does know about it, which is probably what I would assume. Yeah, and then this is now the second time this week that we are talking about a DB that's actually transferred in high school because we also had Joe Nelaguero that we talked about on Monday who went from IMG back to St. John's Prep in Massachusetts. But how does that kind of play into their recruitment, their advantages or disadvantages? Because we know... Cormani going to Lakeland, that's a bit of a pipeline for Florida. And Aguero, he was at IMG. Was that a big benefit for him to get that IMG contact and to kind of be an IMG kid before going back home? Absolutely. Look look at his finalists, right? I mean, a year ago, we would have said Ohio State, Michigan, maybe Boston College, maybe a Georgia. I think that's as far south as his mind was was considering when he was a sophomore. But goes down to IMG and his final four is – three Southern schools, two in the state of Florida, and then Ohio State, which has always been in the, in the mix for him. Uh, so, yeah, if you're a Gators fan, if you're a Miami fan, you certainly feel like that year at IMG was a huge benefit uh, for you. So, yeah, it works both ways in the transfer department. Uh, but, look, when you're a big-time defensive back and these schools come calling, it's it's hard not to consider them. And, and he's, in particular with Miami and Florida, he, he's really taken a liking to those programs. He's begun to visit them multiple times, kind of on his own. He's going to take officials as well. Uh, so, so that's great news for those programs because really Ohio State and Georgia have long been thought of to be the top contenders for him. So if anyone's going to crash the party, it's going to be, you know, programs in the state of Florida where, where he spent a year of high school ball. And, and again, we talk about the Gators breaking that IMG curse you know, that creates a familiarity. Obviously, he was in the same meeting room every day as Kamari Wilson. Um, he, he was a teammate of Nigel Harris, who's, who's currently there at IMG, committed to UF. Uh, there's a bunch of other former or current IMG players that are, you know, considering the program. Will Norman, Malik Bryant, uh, the list really goes on and on. So um, that that stuff absolutely helps in any direction, whether you left a school that had ties or you're now at the school that has ties like Cormani McLean, it, it certainly helps uh, with the recruiting process. So interesting topic, something that, you know, in the current landscape of high school football, it's going to be something we talk about more and more because transfers are, are something we talk about a lot, especially in the state of Florida where there's like, it feels like there's no rules for, for high school football. Uh, so, so that's a big deal. It's something that we should continue to talk about because it does start to place a wrinkle into the recruiting process. Imagine being a coach at Alabama or Miami and you see Cormani McClain transferring to Lakeland being coached by a Bob Black. You're probably like, really? Like what? What? <laughs> like why? So it, it does matter from a perceptional standpoint. And over time, and this is key here with McClain, he's not in a rush, right? So over a long standing period of time, he can build a rapport with a mod black. And then the influence there starts to make more sense, right? Because it's just natural kind of human instinct at that point. So I do think that that was a big move uh, for Florida, but, but yeah, Aguero is a great prospect to link to this same type of scenario. Uh, and both of them again are, are going to keep UF in it all the way home. Yeah, and we're about to take a look at players who have already committed but are still taking visits to Florida. But first, a quick word from Bet Online. Super Regionals are here, which that name is still ridiculous. The NBA Finals are here. The MLB season is well underway. The NHL Stanley Cup playoffs are well underway. There's a lot of money to be made with betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. I've been using it for 
five years now, and I have no complaints with it. It's awesome. And you can bet on not just basketball, soccer, football, hockey, baseball, darts, ping pong, tennis, whatever you want. You could bet on reality shows, award shows, politics, economics, if aliens will invade this year or not. My money's on yes. Not gonna lie, but it is. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. And we are back with Locked On Gators. Joining me still is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And we got two players to talk about this second, both front seven players, both committed already. And first is Raylan Wilson, where we're seemingly always talking about these high school kids. And I can't even count the number of times that you, you've been on the show and you've been, well, the longer they wait to commit, the better that is for Florida. <laughs> But this is a different scenario because Raylan Wilson is already committed. So what does the official visit mean for him maybe becoming a Florida Gator? It, it just means the process is still wide open, right? Made an early commitment to Michigan. And then you start to look at the visits he's taking. He, he was at Georgia. Now he's going to UF. He's starting to take trips a lot closer to home, SEC, ACC territory. Uh, so I do think that's something to keep an eye on and certainly something to worry about. If you're a, a Michigan fan, they, they had turnover on their coaching staff uh, from last year and, and that college football playoff run. So it kind of opens the door for programs that like Georgia are, are longstanding powers that have produced like crazy at that position or in-state programs like Florida, where there is a new coaching staff in town and, and he becomes a new priority. And I think this is one of those markers for Billy Napier and company, right? It's you, There's a lot of perception involved in how you win recruiting battles. Like if it's a local kid or a legacy, you're like, hey, we got to win those. That's like a layup. You got to close the door. Everybody understands that. And then there's a broader state of Florida deal where you're like, we, we got to win head-to-head -head battles with Miami, with uh, Florida State. Certainly, you got to win those. Those are perception changers uh, in terms of how, how that goes. And then kind of the third level is flipping prospects, elite prospects, right? Like how often can you go in and change a kid's entire plan for his life? <laughs> that is like the last level of the video game of like, are we elite recruiters or not? Uh, and, and Florida's already done some of that, but continuing to do so is, is like those reminder points where you're like, okay, this is a program that is, is about their business and is unafraid to go compete with kids, even if they are seemingly done with the recruiting process. That's a big deal in college football recruiting. Kids change their minds all the time. And then when it's an in-state kid on top of it, and it's a Tallahassee kid on top of that, it really, it really hits different. So it's one of those where it's like, it almost doesn't matter how good the kid is on the field. The perception of flipping a kid from Michigan and then the kids from Tallahassee on top of it, that, that, that would be such a big win by itself for the Florida Gators on the recruiting trail. But look, Raylan Wilson can absolutely play in and of his, his own uh, skill set. Uh, that's why his profile continues to rise, even though he, he's already made that verbal commitment. So certainly big for UF to get him on campus. Yeah, and then there's another player who, I mean, we talked about Raylan Wilson. It's like, oh, he committed a while ago. I believe he committed on December 8th, mm -hmm. 2021. So it was a while back. Uh, six months he's been there. And then there's a more recent commit, which is also interesting that he's taking a visit to Florida in Isaiah Nixon. He committed, I believe it was April 16th to UCF. Uh, so what does that mean for him as not only an in-state kid, but 
a, U, a UCF commit who that's that's Florida taking it away from little brother there. And he's a recent commit on top of that, a four star. Yeah, this is an emerging prospect that is his profile is rising, like as we speak, right? Everyone, when they go see him, they're like, oh, that was a really nice get for UCF. And then all of a sudden, other schools are, are getting involved in, in, in relatively short order. Uh, so I think it's big for him to take other visits um, after this verbal commitment, because his was much more recent, right? Spring commitment, I believe in April uh, to UCF. So, you know, that's usually a more more of an indicator of, hey, I'm kind of done with the process. But again, when it's an in-state kid and it's Florida, it's going to matter. And clearly there, there's still some work to be done for both of these coaching staffs, Gus Malzahn at UCF and, and Billy Napier at UF. Uh, and, and yeah, Nixon is one of those emerging prospects that you just got to get in on. And for what it's worth, he's not an Orlando kid, right? St. Pete kid at Lakewood. But, you know, UCF's going to have something to say about all these great Orlando players. So there's, there's an, we talk about Florida State and Miami all the time. You know, UCS going into the Power Five. Orlando's a great talent base, which, which we all kind of understand. So that's kind of a sneaky, interesting storyline to follow because UCF's going to be able to recruit at a higher clip once they hit the Power Five. And they've got a coaching staff in place, particularly on defense, with a lot of, hey, we've been there and done that in the SEC under Gus Malzahn. So that's a huge selling point for a lot of kids in general. So to see how that those battles start to change over time, I think will be uh, really interesting uh, from from the UF versus UCF perspective. So this will be one of the first tangible battles we've seen between the two in the Billy Napier era. So uh, always important to establish a perception, or if you're keeping score, it's important to get that first bucket, first touchdown, whatever it is. Uh, so a lot of eyes will, will be on Isaiah Nixon as well, and 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 he des- he deserves it. He's a kid that again through spring, these coaches rolling through Lakewood and they're like, well, we know about this guy and this guy, but tell me about this guy. That's been you know, kind of the Nixon angle. So that was a big get for UCF at the time. Um, but look, he's, he's taken, he's taken other trips, right? Um, so, so we'll see how that works out. He was at UCF last weekend. So you wonder if, if they kind of had a feeling about this Florida visit or knew about it all together and said, Hey, you know, take your trips, but remember where home is, you know, that, that reemphasizes how a priority he is for UCF, which could again be another true feather in the cap perceptionally for, for UF recruiting uh, with this new coaching staff. And just how much do you think maybe if at all, this past bowl game plays into this recruiting because <laughs> UCF did beat Florida. Unfortunately, I, I get a different coaching staff, all that, but, but how much does that play into where UCF is like, Hey, don't forget we're home. And we won that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I know Gus Malzahn. I've uh, been around him a lot. I guarantee it came up uh, <laughs> in, in in that recruiting visit, the Bounce House Weekend 2.0 that they had up up in Orlando. Look, that matters. But look, I, I've said this for 10 years. The on-field head-to-head doesn't matter as much as we think it may uh, in terms of a recruit making his decision because it's it's more about the individual sell, the angle, the pitch that uh, staff is making relative to the kid, you know, depth chart, the NFL development, NIL, all of those things matter so much more than a, a head-to-head win. I mean, like Texas A&M beat Alabama. Did the Texas A&M start flipping Alabama recruits? <laughs> Not necessarily. Uh, so, yeah, I think as fans and as, as people who love college football, we probably value that a little too much when it comes to its impact on recruiting. Um, but, but look, it still comes up. It's still something that will probably come up 
with Isaiah Nixon. I'm sure when he tweets out the photos of the Gator visit, the UCF faithful will remind him of of that game, you know, maybe some gifts or something like that. It's it's fun. It's part of recruiting. But, yeah, it's, it's not as important as, as some people think. And then we're about to wrap up by talking about a few other Gators commits and our Gators recruits that are taking visits to Gainesville. First, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, joining me still is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And just want to get your opinion of a few players. First up is TJ Sears, the defensive lineman. What is your evaluation of him? Yeah, I got to see him in person a couple months back at a camp. Uh, it was a wet, rainy, kind of cold day. And uh, this kid showed up to compete. You know, he flashed all over the place uh, at that Under Armour event, uh, which was stacked with both O-linemen and D-linemen at the SEC Power 5 level. Uh, he flashed as a really athletic interior pass rusher. I'm a big fan of big guys who can actually rush the passer. Uh, he's got strong leverage. He's got a kid who's well-built, not a lot of bad weight on his frame uh, and another one whose profile, you know, really since that point has begun to rise. It, it made a lot of coaches kind of rewrite their travel plans for the spring. So they went over to Georgia to see him in person. And, and he continues, I think even as of last week, adding new scholarship offers. So it's a good time for him to get on UF's campus um, because his profile is probably going to continue to rise and new schools are going to get involved. So locking in an official, uh, and having an opportunity to get that impression, I think, will be important uh, for this coaching staff, who's already kind of been on the front end of, of prioritizing him. Um, we talk about in-state recruits a lot uh, for Florida, but you do have to compete in the state of Georgia. you got to go up to Alabama, where they're prioritizing some guys and, and have had great uh, D linemen on campus uh, like Searcy. Uh, but you got to come in and compete uh, in Florida, in the Carolinas, in Alabama in particular for top talent. So this would be another good you know, opportunity uh, to, to show that prowess uh, at UF. So good timing to get this visit because a lot of people are going to want to get trips out of TJ Sears. So he's, his stock is certainly on the rise. And then there's safety Bryce Thornton, who, I mean, depending on where you look, he's going to Florida. He's going to Bama. <laughs> Obviously, it's, it's still open, but he's got a visit set up coming up for the Florida Gators. What's your opinion of him and his recruitment so far? Yeah, like you said, you know, wide open perception around where he may go. He's a kid whose family, uh, multiple family members have gone through the process uh, in different ways, different sports. So it certainly, you know, provides him with a little bit more perspective and, and maybe more patience in making this decision, but it doesn't lessen the importance of taking visits. So, so I think it's big for UF to get him on campus. Uh, from a football perspective, this is a savvy underneath safety type defender, not the biggest safety out there, 5'10", 5'11", 180 or so, but mature off the field, but he's mature on the field as well. Savvy kid, instinctive kid, plays for a great program. And yeah, his his profile has long been high and it's created a lot of longstanding relationships. Uh, so for Florida to be involved as a transition first year coaching staff does say a lot about kind of the ability to jump in immediately. But Look, I mean, it's 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 first of all, it's Florida, one of the DBU contenders. And you got Corey Raymond, who's been in the middle of the DBU conversation forever. Uh, so that's going to keep them in the ballgame for elite DBs always. You know, there's certain schools and certain positions that you're like, OK, like, yeah, they're going to be in the mix. Right. Uh, a big time wide receiver is going to look at Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson. Right. A big time quarterback is going to look at Oklahoma. Well, look at Lincoln Riley, I should say, more so than <laughs> Oklahoma. But in years past, you're like, OK, Oklahoma is going to be in the mix. For, for these great uh, quarterback prospects. Uh, and I think, you know, for Florida, 
over the long-standing period of time, DB has been one of those positions, but now you throw in a Corey Raymond and it's, it's a guarantee, right? You're going to be in the mix for top DBs always. And if you look at guys like Thornton, Tony Mitchell, we just talked about Cormani McLean, you, you got Kamari Wilson on board late last cycle. And there's going to be a lot of big name DBs cycling through Gainesville. It just kind of is what it is. So, so Thornton's another one who again, understands that that long-standing sell from a program like UF, a little bit more mature kid. Again, family's been through it. Uh, so I think that helps UF's angle, but it also, like I said, says a lot about their program being able to compete with the Alabamas of the world, like right out of the gate. Uh, it does say a lot. And you mentioned, you know, certain schools with certain positions. For Florida, I mean, we could talk about Corey Raymond until the wheels fall off at this point, but <laughs> does it kind of help that, that we have co-defensive coordinators, of course, but the defensive play caller is also the safeties coach and Patrick Tony. Is that a big benefit for Florida in this recruiting battle? Yeah. Why wouldn't it be right? You know, uh, Tony's got a rising uh, reputation in the recruiting game. And when it translates to on field and development, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of power, a lot of pull in, in what those safeties may do. And you talk about a mature versatile safety, like a Bryce Thornton who can do, a lot in the past game and, and he's a, maybe a chess piece you can move around. That's an advantageous uh, position to be in from the Florida perspective. So that's a great point uh, by you. Uh, you know, the safety group as a whole also has a lot of room to improve at UF, right? That, that's been an up and down uh, perceptional position uh, over the years. Uh, so that's one that, you know, a kid might see opportunity. Hey, you know, I can play early at, at safety relative to some other positions uh, on that Florida roster. So, all those are, are really important points and good things for, for the UF angle here. Right, and then the last player to talk about is offensive tackle, offensive lineman, uh, Tommy Kinsler. Where, where do you land on him? Yeah, in-state kid. I mean, he's an Ocala kid, so he might as well be, you know, from you know East High School, East Side High School in Gainesville or, or Lakeland, just schools that you're just like, okay, Florida's – if they want a kid, they're going to stay in that race at a minimum. Uh, that, that's true uh, for, for kids from Ocala. A massive, massive kid who, you know, in years past, you know, Trinity Catholics had this great old line, it seems like for three or four years. And every time you talk about that group, they're always like, you know, oh, these are all seniors, right? And they're like, no, 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 Tommy's like a freshman or a sophomore. So for years, we've, we've seen this kid and talked about him, and he's played all these positions. But now he's finally going to be a senior, uh, and his recruitment is is, is kind of hitting that high point all, all the same. I think the last time I saw him in person was at Florida. So this is a kid that that was recruited heavily by the previous staff. It's obviously carried over onto this new coaching staff. Um, Miami's trying to shoot their shot in this race to, to keep him within state lines. Obviously, the the O line angle there is 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 a, a big one with Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal both being O-line guys on that staff. So I do think the Canes are a program to keep an eye on if you're Florida, but over the longstanding portion of this recruitment, it's been UF's race to lose from a perceptional standpoint. But keep an eye on Miami at Rutgers. A couple other schools are trying to to stay in the mix. He is taking visits to, to some of these other schools. Uh, but it feels like, at least from where I sit, that the ball is in Florida's court here. Um, but look, they're in it for a lot of big-time O-linemen, right? Uh, you know, so – how many are you going to take? When do you take them? You know, we know commitment dates for a few. You know, we know Francis Maui Goa wants to commit before the season. Peyton Kirkland's coming off the board July 23rd. Um, you know, how many are you going to take? How do you navigate it? That, that's another underrated element of, 
of building a college football roster because there's only so many spots regardless of your size and your position and all of that. So that's something to keep an eye on here too. You know, if, if Kinsler starts to push things up and he's ready to commit sooner rather than later, probably better news for, for his chances of, of ending up as, as a Florida Gator in the end. All right, awesome. Thank you, John, uh, for coming on twice this week. And we'll, we'll have you on next week again. This is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Find him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore junior and find him uh, all over the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Rafael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and, of course, big boards. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports and giantscountryofsi.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.